tumbleweed rolls down the open road. It's dark, it's cold, but there is light as the sun rises at the end of the street, bringing with it the warm heat of summer. Two men, fedoras adorning their chiseled brows, step into the light, ready to regale you with another delightful episode of Dungeons and Diapers. I'm talking about Crofton. And Ryan, here they are, fellas. Come on out. We're here. Yeah, uh, it's good to be back. Um, I don't know if I can match your intensity, and I don't know. If I don't. I, can... I don't. I don't even know who that guy was. Oh. He just walked. He just walked away. He went wow. to my mic and then said, "I guess, like, I mean, we must have left an impression with the fedoras." I mean, it's true that cool guys don't look at the microphone after an introduction; like, they do walk away. I, I mean, I'm glad they didn't drop it because uh, it felt like they did enough damage by by being so close to the mic. But I think, uh, I think it worked out. It was a solid intro. Was that guy? Was it just me, or was did that guy sound a bit like me? Like maybe it's because he's. Bit. Maybe it's because he's so awesome sounding that I thought it was me, but whatever. The A word that comes to mind. Yeah, awesome for sure. And here's the thing. Uh, I wonder if our listeners, uh, you know, do they notice the difference in introductions? <laughs> I, I mean, that's a joke. Of course they do. But uh, do they? Do I need to bring it up to Crofton's level or does Crofton need to bring it down to my level? Do we meet in the middle or do I come up? You come down? Like, I'm thinking I need to come up. I need to start matching this this skit Welcome to Saturday night. It's New York live or something. You know, we need to get it, to that it, level. It's funny because on my sister show, uh, Dungeons, uh, excuse me, I'm used to saying Dungeons and Diapers is the sister show, but uh, good, bad, or bullshit. We each take turns doing intros. Yes, and do. um, and my, my intro formula has been heavily ripped off by other co-hosts who will remain nameless. And, uh, and, um, but but yeah, we definitely talk about sort of those those intro pieces. I just like like different people when they listen to podcasts, they get different things out of them, right? Like some people want it straight to the point. Like I know who these guys are. Let's just come like get to the meat of it. Those people are hating us right now, incidentally. Yeah, right. Um, we're and then there's the sausage and all that fun stuff. And then there's other people who are just like, oh man, I want you know, I want everything that they're you know they're willing to give or the the effort they're willing to put in. So. I mean, and I, I didn't even hire that guy. Like, he just showed up to, as soon as he heard I was doing a podcast. I, I'm not even sure about the social distancing on that. Speaking of which, uh, how's it going on the COVID stuff there, Ryan, with the newborn and all of that? You know, the the thing I want to talk about um, this episode when it comes to the COVID check-in. Hello, welcome to the COVID check-in. Uh, if you're going to cough, do it into your elbow. Um is basically the fact that it's really hitting me in 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 the the moments where I have time to to think in and it's popping into my head like we have a newborn and no one but us has has held uh, Isabel let alone visited and I mean we've done the social distancing visits and you can see it um, see it in the eyes of of these grandparents and great grandparents and aunts and uncles that they that they want to hold Isabel for good reason. She's a she's a cute kid. She she loves cuddles. She's amazing. And uh, if you're listening, I'm sorry if I'm making this, you feel worse, but uh, you know it's true. She's awesome. Um, and and I mean, I just uh, I don't know if they're like they're like saying to me like, man, if you weren't here, I would totally like pick up that child and 
hold it and love it. And, and it's just one of those things where I think we take for granted this, uh, when you have a newborn and people want to come visit and it's like constant. And then for the people who really hold on are like every other week visiting. Cause I think you, you understand this obviously, but like kids change rapidly in the early months of their lives. Uh, Isabel has changed so much in the first month. And again, I apologize to those who have, who have wanted to be close and, and upfront for the, for those changes, but it's just, um, it's weird and I'm still trying to get a hold of it. And then, you know, you see the news and you talk to some people who are like, ah, it's going to open next week and everyone's going to be able to visit and all that. And then you, you see it on the other side where I'm like, I'm being accused of being negative, but I'm thinking to myself like, man, like if we follow the rules and the guidelines and the suggestions, our family might not be able to hold Isabel until way down the road, unless they make some, some serious, you know, uh, sacrifices and precautions as like they isolate for two weeks and, and do as much as they can. And then, Hey, you can come over and, and hold the baby. Right. So I, I guess like at the end of all this, I'm kind of, I'm kind of lost. Cause I'm like, I have to take care of this child. I want people to visit, but I don't know. I like, I don't know how to make it better. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know if we should wait it out or if we should just like pull off the bandaid and be like, let's just get a visit in now while we can. Or I, I don't know. Like it's so hard. What to I, yeah. What I'd say to you just like, so this week, this week and, and on the weekend we went to see grandma in Wakefield, which is across the provincial border. And they had literally shut down the, the pro- provincial border between Ontario and Quebec. Like if you were trying to cross special, um, the Quebec, Quebec would pull over people with Ontario plates, check where you're going and you needed a good reason. Otherwise you got sent on your merry way. So they've, they've just changed that now. And so we went up to see my mom and we kind of decided like my mom's in her mid seventies to be like, we're, we try our best to be somewhat socially distant. Like she's not, I guess, hugging the girls or whatever, but we're not like really that great and I, I i mentioned before about how my mom seems to refuse to get a goddamn hearing aid and so we're, we're always <laughs> stay away mom yeah what's that all, here but what's important to remember i guess what i'm saying is what's important to remember is my mom here is the one that's at risk right mm-hmm. like that's that's essentially the deal with covid like it in in terms of like you're trying to keep people away not to protect the baby and 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 you guys it's really to protect the seniors from the germs that you guys are carrying around. Now, here's the deal, like, because everybody has to act like they have COVID. Here's the deal uh, is that if they are comfortable with it and you are comfortable with it, I think we're really at the time where we can seriously consider expanding our bubbles a little bit, especially to to the, to our, our close friends and family. And I really do think that like for grandparents, it's up to them to make that call because they're the ones that are putting themselves in a situation where there may be some sort of risk. So right. my, my mom was like, she's like, I'm willing to have you guys up. I'm willing to do this. I definitely would not have pressed the point, but it's like, we get caught up in the COVID stuff where we think what we're trying to do is protect ourselves when really for the most part, young and healthy folks like us are trying to protect the, you know, senior generation. Right. And I, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, there's the other side of it as well. Like, and we, and you can go back and forth until the cows come home in the sense that, okay, uh, my mom is probably fine with us risking her health, but am I fine risking her health? Like, 
like it goes back to I think the original conversation I had with Ashley is uh, so Ashley's parents have uh, her grandmother both both of her grandmothers were staying uh, at her parents' house, which was uh, a lovely concoction of of uh, it's a sitcom I'm telling you, um, and I at that point it's like okay like by us going there and by us even doing a social distance sort of visit you risk the health of you know, uh, a heavy smoker, uh, and two senior citizens. Right. And, and someone, and, and, and so on and so forth. So again, like it, it, you're right. It's all about how careful we want to be. But at the end of the day, like, is there a risk like of, of infecting these folks and then having it spread through a, uh, I don't know. And this is the thing, like, you're right. We can take it very seriously, almost too seriously. And, and then I, I go out shopping and I'm like, Oh, you know, um, uh, you see people at like Costco or, or even they opened up new stores here in Ontario, uh, go, even going to the pet store where it's like impossible to socially distance when you're getting pet food and, uh, like how, how far are we taking it? And, um, it's, it's tough. It's really tough. And I think you're right. You got to just gauge your best, your best bet. And I, I like, yeah. And I just think it's, we're at the point now like they have strategically reopened a lot of places uh, Gwen and I went to get donuts at this new donut store re- uh, like today and it was uh, you know it it was well done for socially distancing like I've been in enough grocery stores they did their thing well and and so it was fine and we had a good time we brought the donuts home and and um, and so I, I just think that like we're at a point where we can strategically open up our circles to the people that we know we are confident are taking it seriously and doing doing things properly and that we're doing things properly if they're comfortable with us and we're comfortable with them it doesn't mean maybe being as close as we would like to be like normally I would give my mom a big hug or whatever but I'm, I'm not doing that I'm just you know we're trying to be a little cog a little more careful but i you know i think over the course as we bleed into the summer it's going to be less and less uh, mm-hmm. you know people will be more more and more close it does suck though right i i, I totally get it having the new child and, and and that i know that if i were you guys i and it's easy to speak for other folks i'd be really tempted to be like okay well these people will be okay or these people will be okay just because i would want to you know share that magical time because it does evaporate quickly I think uh, to you know to, to sort of put a bow on it, the 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 fear is also not only just like okay you can have you can have one, but then that's that's the taste for one person. Then it spreads around, and now like oh well, I heard you let this person hold her, so I want to hold her. And blah 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 blah. And then that's like okay, everyone gets their first round, and then it's like okay, when do we get to when do we get to visit again? And it's um, you can make calculated risks and and not even just risks but calculated moves when it comes to this situation and yes uh they might start employing like the bubble family system like they have out in bc here in ontario that hasn't happened yet but um it's just it it's also the the family dynamic like it's not just you know my parents it's also ashley's parents and grandparents on both sides and that's where ash and ashley and i haven't literally not had the time to sit down and kind of strategically math it out and figure out okay how do if we wanted to do this how could we do it because i mean i'll talk about it you know further on in the episode once we get to the diaper section but we're doing a bunch of work in the backyard and and that's literally been our lives like all day outside and then all evening just like oh gosh 
I don't even want to see anybody. I just want to go to sleep. Let's just watch some some crappy TV and uh, call it a day. But uh, yeah, that, I mean, every every week is interesting. I mean, I, I definitely feel like I lost two weeks. Like it's it's crazy that we're recording today again. But uh, yeah, so no, I, I I hear that. And there's less to update in, in terms for us on the the COVID side like, side of things. We're, We've hit a routine. We're in what I think is the deep grind right now, and it's it's tough because the weather has changed and things are nicer, and like the, the temptations are definitely out there to to get out more and to do to do more things. We're trying to set up our backyard appropriately for the kids and and such, and uh, you know get maybe some some things like uh, better biking set up and all of that sorted. So um, yeah, I, I, I we're doing we're doing well on that. But with that said, I I'm spending a lot of time in the dungeons lately and uh as much as i can because i find it i need it i need that me time mm-hmm. uh more than ever right now and like I'm, he says to the guy with the newborn but oh i'm right there but, with you <laughs> yeah but uh, but i just i just like for me it's you know like work has been draining um uh, family stuff has been draining uh um, all all of that uh, leads leads me to spending sort of more time on on de- on dungeons, and in particular, um, one one thing that I've been missing, as everyone has, is socialization. And I'm a majoritarily single player video gamer. For instance, I like those big meaty story driven games that are essentially movies or TV shows that you can play. Though that's what I gravitate towards much more often, and. Uh, I every once in a while get really into a a game that is a multiplayer game or a shared experience with friends, but I haven't I haven't lately. Which is funny because I moved into this house that uh, a couple of years ago that had a basement that allowed me to to do that without. It used to be I was limited by where I was, right? But now now I have a space and I can do it, and I just I just don't make time. For it, I don't have an online community really that that much, um, but because everybody wants to play ner- like ner- what we call nerd games lately, like uh, uh, we're looking to find a substitute that is socially distanced and, and and friendly. So to that effect, we've started this game of Divinity: Original Sin Two, which is like I always when I t- tell people about this game, and I'm sure you're familiar, but. I always give a caveat, like ignore the horribly long title that makes it sound like the worst thing ever. It's it's actually a a really good game. But are you familiar with uh, Divinity Original Sin? Two. Two. Oh, uh, you know what? I played the first one a little bit and it was just too much for me. It was too much. Uh, But I was interested in the sequel. I heard that they had kind of streamlined a little bit of it and added more voice acting and stuff but uh, yeah i'm familiar with that series for sure i played the enhanced version of the first one which had all the voice acting so i actually i and i didn't finish the first one no. and then i start i i played the second one and i got pretty far in it but i didn't finish it either but one of the things about divinity original sin and for those of you who who don't know what it is it is i would say the closest approximation to a video game dungeons and dragons session so you um play a character and it's in the sort of isometric style of these old pc games like baldur's gate and stuff and you play a character uh you the and uh you can either there's preset builds or you can create one and there's a lot of different like sort of dnd flavored races and and um like elves and lizard people and all of this sort of stuff. 
And uh, then there's a lot of, you know, um, traditional skills and, and, and that you can put together. And the game itself, the, the, the role-playing element of it allows you to do a lot. And when you play by yourself, you recruit three other characters in the intro, like the, the, the game starts on a boat, the tutorial area. And you recruit three others and you have a party of four. Um, but the, I've always been curious about playing the game with other humans and how that would work. And so we have a party of four going. We've just had a couple of sessions of this Divinity Original Sin. And it is um, it is pretty, pretty fun. Like, mm -hmm. uh, it helps that I've already played the content before, a single player, where we are so far. Um, but because like D&D, uh, it, it's mixed up. It's a mix of combat situations, action situations, adventure and exploration, and uh, conversation and talking to NPCs, non-player characters. And when you talk to these characters, these NPCs, you can often find alternate ways around situations. Like you can persuade someone, or you can maybe pickpocket a key from someone, and that allows you to bypass a situation. There's so many ways to get to do things and to get around things. Uh, the game gives you so much flexibility in what you're able to do. And, and so, um, I just find it really cool, but at the same time, that is the one element that doesn't hold up as well for multiplayer. Because, uh, you know, if you're playing D and D and you're all sitting around the table and there's a dungeon master and he's saying the same thing to everyone at all times and you're all ears and you're listening, but when you're playing Divinity, your your party members could run off in different directions. Uh, they can all talk to separate NPCs and have different conversations, or one could have a conversation, but you won't automatically listen to it. You have to choose to kind of listen to it, and mm -hmm. then you can see what they're choosing and what their what their options are. What worked for us is we had. Um, a new player who'd never played the game before and hadn't played a video game for a very long time. And, and uh, it was fun because we all wanted to support him and, and his experience and all that. So we would let him have the lead talking to the, the, the characters. We would all listen. And, uh, and it was, that was, that was a neat, but yeah, it's a really cool game. Um, and it's really cool. Like if you're jonesing to play D and D with your friends, it's pretty cheap. You can get it. Uh, uh, on steam pretty easily and uh oh i have one last thing about it um so my new friend he he has a toaster as a pc like he has a 10 year old mac mm -hmm. um and and that they, they can't run anything now divinity has lower requirements than most games but he still couldn't run it on his toaster mac right um but we we got this thing uh, um nvidia now i think it is oh yeah the uh, streaming you... service yeah yeah it's a streaming service that's right it's like google stadia so essentially what it is is if you own a game uh, a select games because they uh, certain games are incompatible with it but mo many games work with it if you own that game so like you go in on steam and you buy it you're able to uh play it stream it um from from in the same way that stadia works like it gets installed on a supercomputer somewhere in the deep deserts of Arizona or something. And then it gets streamed through your internet and you're playing it in the same way that you would watch Netflix. And so my friend was playing it and he said like, perfect. He had everything on high settings on his toaster Mac from 10 years ago. And he, he was playing with all of us. It went super well. Like, I don't know if it would work as well for something like a first person shooter. He doesn't even have the highest internet speed and it worked really great. So if you're thinking, wow, this appeals to me, but I have a, a, 
a piece of shit computer or a work laptop or whatever, you could probably play this game through that with your friends. And uh, there is a cost to the NVIDIA thing, but it's like the first three months are free or something. So uh, you might as well check it out. Anyway, that was my uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 experience so far. It's I'm sure I'll have more if we keep playing the campaign, but I look forward to it now when I'm like, oh, we're going to play Divinity. You know, it's a it's a neat uh, it it has me like excited. So that was One of the things I think, uh, I think recently there's been a lot of fun multiplayer experiences and Divinity Original Sin is one of those where it's like play, play a D&D campaign fully realized in this, in this world online with your friends. And that sounds super appealing to me in the sense that I, I feel like that game would be more fun with friends and playing with friends. But I mean, the time commitment, the, the time commitment of, of your friends, like I just remember what it was like to try to do a D and D group with my friends that would enjoy playing that game. And it, the game would, the game being the tool wouldn't help because three quarters of us have kids. So we would be like struggling to find a time to play. And the person who, uh, who doesn't have kids would have already beaten the game by our second session because he would probably have two characters. Right. So that would be my, that would be my situation. But, um, Man, I'm I'm kind of jealous. I I really would love to play that game with with friends, but I know I wouldn't get my money's worth. There's no way I'd I'd play enough of it. Well, just a, a couple of things, a couple of last things about it that may sway you or or not. Um, number one is that I was concerned about not being available or people not being available because it it's one thing to treat it like an event, which is what we did for the first session. Like we had our nerd night. It's going to be a Saturday night. We're going to, we're going to get on and we're going to all play it. And it's a substitute for me going over to Mike's place and us setting up the board and doing all this sort of stuff. Now, now we're all, everything is automated. We all have our computers. We all get online. Um, So that, that was great. And I was like, how often are we going to continue playing? And so the second time we played one of the four wasn't able to make it. So um, their character becomes an NPC in the party, like the way that traditional characters are. And if you trust the rest of your friends with managing that character, and we didn't like attribute any of the level up points or anything. Uh, We just, we just like played the character um, and somebody has to host the game. In this case, it was Bo. He's hosting the game. So, so he was, he played two characters for the second session um and if you're comfortable with letting your character be played by someone else or sitting out chunks of the game and just jumping back in then it's no you don't have to be there every time and for me that's appealing because i've played the first third of the game and so i don't necessarily need to see the story beats over uh, i want to be there each time but if i can't be there i would be okay with saying like guys you know just carry my character through and like play him uh, like you think that I would play him and I will take over next time. Um, so that, that, that is, that is cool. Like uh, for us, it's like, if we don't have three, we're probably not going to play, but if we have three um, that and, and somebody's missing, then so be it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other thing is that, uh, and this is like, like a me thing in real life when we play D and D and stuff, I'm so 
I'm I'm a self-described fairly nice guy in real life. Like I, <laughs> I, I bend over to help people. I do a lot of I do a lot of stuff. I like people getting along and I, I, I consider myself a nice guy. But when I'm playing D and like to be um a good character, but are a rogue, like a scoundrel type thing, doing stuff that I wouldn't normally do. One one famous example when I was playing D&D with my friends years ago was that I s- secretly poisoned their rations and I blamed it on an NPC that I hated uh, to get them to turn all against the NPC. And nobody figured that that one of the human players would actually poison the rations. Um, so so they kicked the, the NPC out of the party before discovering it was me later. Uh, the dungeon master at the time couldn't stand the fact that nobody knew it was me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, <laughs> so what's funny is like, so I think about these things and I think about how can I replicate these things in a video, in video game form and divinity, like our first night and divinity, like I'm playing a rogue obviously. And, uh, and you know, like I'm playing, I'm I'm next to one of the one of my friends, and then I I'm like, oh, I'm gonna you know, let me see if I can rob him, and then I robbed him of all his money, mm-hmm. um, and, and uh, you know, like we're in the same party of four, but gold is divided separately, right? So uh, and it was really funny, um, because he didn't notice, but but uh, dungeon master Bo noticed, and of then course he did. Ra- Bo knows and then all. Yeah, and then ratted me out, or ratted me out, and I had to give Scott his money back. I was really annoyed, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Anyway, it's it it's um it's really fun. I really recommend it if you guys are looking for a uh, a, a fun experience uh, to play with your friends, and, and they don't have good computers, you can get it on GeForce, uh, uh, Nvidia Now, or whatever. And uh, it, but you need it to own really the game. Well. It should be noted you have to own yeah. the game as well. You have to own the game, but I. I think one of the issues with Stadia, uh, the Google Stadia, was that you can you have to own the game there as well, but you have to mm-hmm. own the Stadia version of it, in which you cannot play that version with other versions. Whereas the version that you're buying to play that NVIDIA one is the PC version. So you can play with anybody that has a PC uh, version of the game, uh, and they don't have to necessarily be on the, the the Nvidia ecosystem. And uh, of note, this game is also on the Switch, and it has cross-save functionality. So if you just want to play it solo, which is really fun as well, you can you can play a bit on your PC, play a bit on your Switch and stuff. So it's a good game. It's worth uh, worth checking out. That's my dungeons. Uh, the only thing I will add is that I'm fading on Final Fantasy VII, which I talked about uh, a long time last last week mm-hmm. like i'm still committed to finishing it but i play it maybe once a week now and every time i'm just like oh you know i know i'm near the end but like i'm fa- i'm fading on the game in the in in the last last stretch so hope to finish yeah it though. i feel bad because i think over the last couple episodes i've been teasing with uh with our listeners saying like oh maybe i'm playing final fantasy 7 too maybe we need to do like a we'll both finish it and do a spoiler cast and i think i said the same thing for for half-life alex although i think it's more reasonable that i'll be able to finish half-life alex because it's a shorter game uh although the the set i've gotten my setup down pretty good i think right now and and i would love to talk more vr once i've had a had a chance to jump back into that game but um final fantasy 7 was certainly something i was going to go back to last episode i was going to talk about XCOM chimera squad but uh we ran out of dungeon time and uh I still love that game, the, uh, the new XCOM that came out, but 
I got pretty close to the end of XCOM and then um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla got announced and I was like, oh man, I really want to play that. I like Vikings and I really liked Assassin's Creed Odyssey, what I had played of it. And so I jumped back into Odyssey and the thing is, that's the type of game when you when you jump out of it, uh, you, you, you lose a lot of that muscle memory going back to it. Yeah. And it took a while to get back in, but I figured like once I got back in, I was like, okay, this game is really clicking with me again. And I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, maybe I just put my head down and 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 get through the main content to like scratch that how, itch, get through it. How far were you? So how far were you in that game prior to dropping? Did you restart from the beginning this time, or you just picked off where you left off? And and how far was that? I I picked up where I left off, and I was about maybe forty percent. So the game tells you your progression through through content uh, when you load it up through UPlay, and it was about forty percent. So about about 18 hours or so I had played. Um, I skipped it at launch because even though it was getting stellar reviews, a lot of the, the negative feedback, which people wouldn't necessarily find negative, uh, but for us, you know, the parents uh, and, and the people who, who have a lot going on, one of the criticisms was is just it's a lot. There's a lot to it this game. It is a goddamn lot. Exactly. And it's it's a very... It's a very dense game by the, by the sense of it just having so much to it. And uh, I, I ended up picking it up on sale about eight months after launch and played it for a couple months and then again fell out because, again, I was just I was struggling with the density of this game. And going back to it, I decided, you know what, I'm going to jump back in at the point where I left off. The story isn't so complex that I I don't really rec- I, I remembered what was going on. The story is not is not that it's it's not it hadn't gotten to the point where it was that hard when i when i jumped out around 18 hours it's basically you choose cassandra or alexios at the beginning of the game uh you play as that person um you're supposedly dead but really you've just been you know shipped off to an island and uh there's this cult they're bad they're after your family you leave you find out you're trying to find your mom your brother blah 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 and that's essentially the story of where i left off but having jumped back in uh, and what I've done is I've said, okay, uh, I'm going to focus on my Odyssey, which is the main, the, their word for the main quests. Right. So I've, I've just been doing that. I've strictly been focusing on the main quest. And then when I need to level up for that, those quests, I will seek out quests in the area where I am. And, and that right. strategy has worked quite well. Um, I've been able to put in like another 10 hours or so over the last two weeks and uh, I've moved over to like 65% complete. And, and the story is starting to ramp up. They're introducing more characters, more reason for the for, for everything that's going on. And uh, more of that wacky Assassin's Creed modern yeah. day well, stuff. So when, when we're done the show, I'm going to ask you straight up where mm-hmm. you're at in the game. Because I feel... Did you finish that, it? That no, okay. I, I did not. But honestly, I put in a ton of hours into that game. I got deep into the single player campaign i did a lot of the side stuff especially hunting down cult members and stuff like that um i really was i really enjoyed it but it it was definitely that thing where it was a lot and um eventually what happens with those games that are a lot is not necessarily that you even get tired of them but but the longer that it goes on the more likely that a new hotness is going to come out and distract you. Right. And, um, that, that is what I'm pretty sure happened with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. 
I think I may may have even gotten it for well, not Christmas, maybe Christmas. Um, and I played a lot of it because it came out not last year but the year before, right? It was 2018 that it that it yeah. came out, and so uh, I got it Christmas of that year or Christmas my Christmas birthday season, and then I played it a lot at the beginning of last year. Like it was like a major game and then i think uh, something came out and it, it distracted me from it and uh i you know i didn't go i didn't go back but i would say that it is an it is an awesome game what happens to me when when, when i don't finish a game like that and they do a trailer like the assassin's creed valhalla trailer and i i know that there's content or there's a bunch of stuff that already exists that I just never touched. It's hard or it's harder for me to get excited for the new thing. Cause I'm just like, I'm like, I didn't even finish the last thing, you know, like if divinity original <laughs> sins, no, 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 I know. And if divinity original sin three came out tomorrow and it got these amazing reviews, I would want to play it. But at the same time, I haven't finished Divinity Original Sin 1 nor 2, you mm -hmm. know, and both I have enjoyed and put a lot of time in. So I feel like at a certain point, it's it's kind of ridiculous to then be like, oh, I, you know, I want the next one. So I am excited for Valhalla, but I didn't finish Odyssey and I feel like I should do like you and go back to uh, Odyssey. Yeah, um, the thing, the, here's the thing. I, I had this this moment today when um, I, the, uh, uh, so for the gamers in, uh, Joss and I always talk about what games are coming out and what are we going to play. And, and she's checking out, she's going to play Elder Scrolls Online. They have a new expansion coming out next week. Um, and it's been a couple expansions since I jumped in. And I said, you know what, I'll, I'll check it out. Uh, I ended up picking up uh, the Greymore Standard Edition, applied it to my account, and it added all the other expansions. And it's like, someone asked like oh man i please tell me your secrets about how you can play an mmo and have three kids and it's like no secret the trick is to uh not care about finishing things except the fact that you only have so much time in the in the day and then so much time for for free time and three hours a night isn't going to cut it for uh an, an mmo and three hours is being generous like most of the time it's probably an hour uh to zero and i think when you look at Elder Scrolls Online, you look at Odyssey, you look at Valhalla this this holiday season, it's not about it's my satisfaction from playing these these games doesn't come from completing them. It comes from just enjoying the time I get with them. Now, that being said, there are certainly experiences that I really do want to finish and The Last of Us Part 2 comes to mind as a as a game that not only do I want to experience, I want to complete it and enjoy the the complete uh, story right but with assassin's creed odyssey like i mean when i stopped playing it the first time last year i was content with my time with it um and if i were to jump out this time without finishing it i would still be content with my time with it i i'm, I'm enjoying I my time with it no, but see, I'm totally content with my mm -hmm. time with Odyssey. It's totally w lived up to its value. It's just for me is buying another game that plays similarly to the exact same set in a different uh, yeah, you know, that's, period. Uh... And stuff. That, that's where I get into It'd be like paying for more Elder Scrolls when you have Elder Scrolls in front of you. Just as a side note about that Elder Scrolls thing, would that be a good game to play during COVID for, for people? Like, say you want to hang out with your friends. Because what I wanted and what Divinity has given us is like a hangout. You know, mm -hmm. like we're, we're we're hanging out and we're doing something and we're scratching our nerd game itch and stuff like that. But would would the would like 
you know, if four people were to get together and in the Elder Scrolls or a game like that, I didn't really consider like a, an MMO or anything like as a as an option. But would that be a good fit uh, for? I think so. Uh, right yeah. I, I think so. The, the thing is, um, with Elder Scrolls Online, they have the new expansion, Greymore, coming out on the 26th of May, and it's Skyrim focused. So again, it also it also holds a, a, a pretty special place in my heart as Skyrim being um, the first Elder Scrolls game that I truly finished, enjoyed, and, and just played every, every lick of content that came out for it. So I'm kind of excited to go back to that realm of the elder scrolls world even even within the mmo and the mmo has come a long way and if you purchase basically the standard edition of graymore you get all the content so uh you can experience um whatever your heart desires from previous expansions uh but and there's no subscription if you don't want there to be there is an optional subscription that gives you access to dlc and stuff so i think it's a very good option um for for hanging out with friends i mean uh yeah, I think that would work quite well, and and it is a it is a, a a newer world for you to experience, and there's a lot of additional content if you're playing with friends that maybe have more time, they can go off and and do other things, and there is level scaling as well, I believe. So, um, if if your friend was to uh, your other friends were to go and do other content and come back, you could maybe choose like a direct storyline for you all to enjoy together. And, uh, and that's cool, you know, come back to it. But I, I think it's a great, it's certainly, uh, one of those games that for all, all players of all walks of life, whether you have kids or not, uh, it's probably something you could easily jump into and, and sink some time into, uh, like any other MMO. And there's little to no barrier to entry in terms of financial cost because you just buy the game and you've got it and you don't need to worry about the script subscription if you don't want to. Although people have told me that it is very much a quality of life boost that you'll want but yeah it's optional but if you don't know about it then it's an option if you yeah. don't taste that sweet honey uh, <laughs> you can you can get by um i will just say uh, using the segue that you gave me of, of time sinks there are no bigger time sinks than your children um <laughs> okay. and, and it's uh, true it's true it is true and so uh just moving into the diaper section i will say that um Animal Crossing is remains a staple in our house. It is it is huge, and it is giving Gwen so many different experiences. Some for good, some for ill. Um, and one of the ones for ill the other day, and this is true, um, was that. So there's I I'm not sure how the animals work. How many animals there are? There seems like a shit ton of anim- of different types of possible animals that you can have. There's this. She had this blue pig on her island. His name was Hugh, um, and Hugh it was I don't know like not mild mannered, very nice, not super notable personality, but just like a nice guy. Um, and uh, anyway, like. Jess, my wife, and Gwen were playing Animal Crossing, and Hugh ran up to to them and said, uh, oh, I'm thinking about going on adventures. Um, what do you guys think about that? It would mean that I would be leaving Churchill or whatever. And uh, Churchill is the name of Gwen's island. It's also the name of her elementary school. So she, she, she uh, my wife read the two options to Gwen uh, uh, that she could respond to Hugh, and they uh, they selected the one that seemed nicer, which was like, oh, you should have adventures or you should go out and do this thing. 
And it it has led to Hugh saying that he's now leaving the island, selling his house, and getting the hell off, right? <laughs> and uh, now, now he does it. He's doing it in a very nice way in, in this. But it has absolutely destroyed my five-year-old daughter. Um, and she uh, was really upset. Um, all the, the day that he's leaving, he's like sweeping his house and putting stuff in boxes. And she's going in and she's like, can you tell, tell him to stay? And I'm like, I can't. Like the decision is made. He's leaving. He's going on adventures and stuff. And she was like crying before going to bed. Uh, the next day when she came and it's like a vacant lot where Hugh's house used to be. She was really upset. And at first I was like, oh man, this is really bad. This is not a good experience. But I recognized like Animal Crossing has taught her so many things through osmosis and like a lot of it very positive. And this is like a fairly harmless way to deal with some form of loss, you know, like and Gwen hasn't had to deal with much loss. And uh, so I thought that was interesting and like, she feels better now. And like, you know, I took her to Nook's Cranny, bought her a gumball machine, whatever, you know, normal, normal father things. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, she was very, very upset about it and was talking about it nonstop. Uh, So that's a negative animal crossing experience and that are negative for her. And then on the positive side, she herself has instituted this thing where on, on Saturdays, um, the first one was last weekend she has a dinner party at her house and uh both jesse and i have to who are both residents of the island have to both be on like it's after clara goes to bed and we go to her house and we um have a meal that she prepares normally fish that she's caught and uh that we can't actually eat or whatever and some fruits and then we go see the kk concert that is happening on saturday kk slider the dog that performs the concert Mm -hmm. and then uh we go to my arcade uh, which I've I've been building and uh, just play around in there, and then uh, we go like we go our separate ways. And this week uh, we've instituting a new ritual where we're each going to give each other a little present. We wrap a present, and and uh, we're, we're going to get. So, so we've each all selected in our homes. We have two presents for the Saturday night uh, KK slider slash dinner party. Um, and so I just, you know, continuously amazed by this game. It's really, really, um, in a, in a period of COVID, uh, made the, the, the difference for us in keeping a five-year-old learning and keeping her imagination active and, uh, giving her a sense of, you know, a, a world that's not scary in that. So I, I, I really ha- can't say enough good things about that game. It's it's uh, I every week every episode we talk about uh, your time in Animal Crossing and it's just it blows me away how how um, how amazing you two are, are playing that game and I uh, I'm still jumping in and out of that game and um, I think Caden still hasn't reached that age of uh, really he loves video games um, and but he hasn't really reached the age where he's starting to play them I think he's getting there. Um, he uh, we've done some tablet games we've done some of that uh i have a a new tablet game that i'm probably going to talk about next episode that i that i got specifically to play with with kane and abigail because they've been um so big into sonic uh they launched a sonic at the olympics uh game and i was able to get access from the pr company so i'm just kind of going through that and and playing that i'll probably talk about it next episode very it's a simple game but they love it and it's kind of boiled down to how do i unlock tails so i gotta figure that out 
Uh, and that goes just goes to the aspect of like playing games with kids. It's like they're not all worried about playing uh, the Olympics. They just want to know how they can unlock tails so they can play as tails. So that's that's uh, that's where <laughs> yeah. I'm at right now with that game. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's fascinating and. I'm I'm probably a year away or so of of having those type of experiences with with Caden and 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 Abigail and and further along with with Isabel. But that's that I'm very much looking forward to that and stories of that. It's like ah, oh, we're I'm I'm getting there and and uh, yeah. yeah, and it's not worth rushing. It, no, no, at no. The same, at the same point, I, I definitely see like I I know a lot of parents struggle with the idea of like five year olds oh still a little bit young to play video games, and I I can respect that to a certain point, but I would just say to those parents, like it is a friggin' global pandemic right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, your kid's innocence is, is being strained every day. Like he, they're living in fear. And, and if you can create uh, a safe space for them or a space that, that is, that is happy, be it at your home or in a virtual environment and all this, then, you know, let them have that. And for me, animal crossing has, has allowed for that it's also allowed for so many it, it just provides a toolkit it allows for so many teachable moments like Gwen's out of kindergarten right now we have to do teaching with her every day like I've done a lesson before in Animal Crossing with 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 um, numbers and, and money and stuff like that there's tons of reading and like I you know I've tested I've I've had her test her reading a little bit in the game as well. And then of course there's tons of like creative outlets. Um, you can design uh, clothes, you can design wallpaper, you can design all of this very user friendly and stuff. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it's, and there's no action. There's no, there's nothing that's really the, the scariest thing is that at nighttime when your kid should be in bed anyways, there's mm -hmm. a scorpion that could come out and that could sting you. And then you just fall over and wake up you in front faint. of your house. Yeah. yeah it's not a, not a big deal. So, uh, the other thing I just say on the diapers front for me is that um, uh, it, around the house, I'm like uh, teaching my kids about how to be good doctors because I'm perpetually getting injured right now. And uh, and and I think uh, tonight was a, a textbook example where I, I literally stubbed my toe on the steps outside so hard that it's like bleeding and the nails all busted up and, and it's really disgusting and it caused a lot of pain. And I screamed very loudly and both children were very traumatized, but then rushed like Clara put on like Clara is too. She put on her stethoscope and, and tried to listen to the heartbeat of my foot and was like, daddy, daddy. Okay. And all this. And, uh, and Gwen has this like little, little notebook where she's like writing her, her log. And she writes like one thing per day of something that happens. Like today, Hugh left in animal crossing or whatever. Like there, there'd be, there one thing every day she writes down and there's at least four days that it's something that about me either daddy got stung by a wasp daddy burnt himself making pasta daddy uh daddy stubbed today it was daddy busted his toe uh yeah daddy hit his head or whatever like there's just <laughs> a series of like, character of, of of daddy getting injured bits and uh yeah it is it, it was it was pretty funny because today at supper she's like talking about how she needs a separate book to uh to chronicle just my injuries <laughs> and and, uh, and i was like yeah it's fair enough like i could see that so it is uh it is funny if my kids become famous doctors i'm gonna you know i'm gonna look super smart for this so uh so yeah that's it how how's the diaper scene for you right now with all the kids <laughs> still lots of lots of diapers uh yeah it's um 
like you said, we're we're getting into a a pretty good routine with with our current going on, and and we've really been focusing in on um, the project of of the backyard. So last year we we took out the pool because it was we we never it was a giant pool um, with a with a deep end, and it took up the whole backyard. And it was one of the issues we had with the house. The first thing the real estate agent said to us is like, "Look, it's the perfect house, but there's a pool." Um, not only did it have a pool, we ended up doing a bunch of shit to the house to, uh, <laughs> to put it in a state of disarray, but that's a story for another show, uh, or another podcast. But, um, it's, uh, it's been interesting. So we, we've, we've had the backyard last summer where we basically filled the pool in with, with sand. And then this summer, the idea was once it had settled, we would, uh, you know, even out the sand, have an idea of what the backyard would look like, and then put soil and sod down. So tomorrow, uh, and for the last three days, uh, for the last three days, I've been working in the backyard with, with, you know, Ashley's had Isabel in the, um, in the sling, and uh, Caden and Abigail are just running around uh, in the backyard as we try to even out the sand, get it ready so that we can have the soil delivered. Um, that's basically been our last week in a bit is just getting this backyard ready. So it's been nice to have sort of a destination um, uh, for for the whole family to be like, okay, today we're doing this in the backyard and, you know, oh, it's hot. Go get some popsicles. Go out make sure you have a drink of water. Like it's given us something to focus on that isn't uh, just, oh man, what are we going to do today? Oh, we had too much TV time yesterday, so let's not do TV time. Let's try to go to a trail. So we've actually been able to enjoy our backyard as we get it ready for more enjoyment. You know, once we have, uh, and I'll have more stories to tell, once we have all this, the soil down and the sod down and we wait a couple weeks, we'll be able to put together the play structure that we've purchased because uh, the playgrounds are all all closed. So we wanted to we wanted to have something for the kids to to play around with um so and this was all obviously this was all part of the plan even before COVID 19 hit because uh we we need something in the backyard for the kids it's right now just a barren wasteland and i don't know how long that's gonna entertain them (laughs) for new listeners i do have to remind them that ryan murphy had an in-ground pool yes. uh, in his backyard, like sometimes known as a child utopia, and uh. decided <laughs> and, and decided to fill it with dirt, which he's left there, and now he is doing some stuff with, I, I will say. But uh, just bear in mind that you can go back to the archives and find Crofton's original reactions to uh, Ryan filling in his... Un- in-ground pool and i can say they are well worth listening to so some some and and some might also recall that pools in-ground pools that take up your entire backyard are also a death magnet for children uh specifically uh death by drowning and i mean maybe we didn't mention that before but i'm mentioning it now and and that's that's not the sole reason we took it out like the main like these so there was a, a movement uh in peterborough of pools and I think uh, they were all put in in the late 70s. So this pool is quite old. This isn't like a new pool that we were working around with. This was quite old. And, and they're expensive to maintain both time and financially. And uh, I think we, we kept it for a few years. And yes, it was refreshing. And and uh, you, you, I enjoyed it. But um, the kids 
did not. Now, mind you, when the kids get older, like when they're uh, 12 uh, plus and and they're enjoying their pool time and they want to have friends over. Yeah. If they ever listen to this episode, they'll be like, screw you, dad. We wanted the pool. Why couldn't you just like keep it going for another decade? And which I would have said like, well, you know what? Screw you. I don't know. I don't know what I would say to the kids. Probably it's your job now. <laughs> like, uh, you know, that's why we have kids, just, uh, perpetual chore machines. Uh, that's the dream anyway. Uh, but yeah, it's just, um, and then it started to leak, I think last year. And it was like, how do we, we were having to fill it every day, which cost even more money because it's, it's, water's built on usage. So it just got to the point where like, there's a crack somewhere. We could try to fix it. Or we could just call it and then, and we are, so here's the thing. We are going to put in like a soaker pool. Like we did pick one up. It was on sale and it's like a, and the pools have come a long way in terms of just like the technology. So we have a smaller pool. I think it's like 10 by 12 and it's an, it's an inflatable pool, but it's, it's big enough for what we need, which is just to cool off. Like if I go through, look, Ryan, I'm trying really hard to re- you know to respect all the wise things that you've said about safety right. and all, all all of this but to whenever you bring up the fact that you have put an inflatable pool <laughs> on top of your filled-in in-ground pool it is very hard for me to stay cool calm and collected so, so let's just say that you have more play area for your kids and you're being a safe responsible parent before i lose my shit i you know what i'm not a pool guy i'm just not so maybe, uh, and, and you know, honestly, honestly, some people might be like, well, Ryan, like pools, they gotta, they gotta at least add value to your house. And again, Crofton, just bite your tongue one more time and then we'll move on. Uh, pools actually bring down the value of your house. That's the reason. No we, way. Really? They do bring down the value of your house. Yes. Uh, and do they, is that for real? It is for real. When we bought this place, it was, we bought it quite below market value and we found out that pools do decrease the value of your house even they they certainly don't add to the value like say if you put in a new driveway and it costs you four grand you could then up the value of your house when you go to sell it by double that but if you put a pool in and it costs you 50 grand you're not able to increase the value of your house by 50 grand you you can increase it a little bit because you've got infrastructure in the background uh but not by your investment certainly and I'm not a okay. real estate agent, so if we have real estate agents listening and you want to like say, Ryan, you're you're wrong, um, I'm happy but, with that. But so wait a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. So you're saying that if you did have a pool though, if you didn't have to pay to do the pool, if say the pool was already there, <laughs> okay. then then and you crofting. sold your and you sold your house, yeah. then then you would make more money than if you did not have a pool there. Yeah, but I'm Is spending money to maintain it and it's a pain in the ass and yeah, a lot right, of right. time and effort <laughs> all right all right all right kill many people including our neighbors who seem to love to hop the fence again if you're a listener since episode one you would know this and you would yeah, understand it's, the it's true right ryan's neighbors and his twins and stuff like that and <laughs> yes go back to episode and one and two i think it's it's all laid out pretty clearly. It's all laid out, including my initial reactions yes. about the pool. And don't get me wrong, I, I, and as I was, as I was, as Ashley and I were discussing the pool, it was like, do we really want to do this? And and uh, I think it came down to timing and just the sheer frustration with the cost and the time needed. 
and uh, the neighbor was also taking out their pool. So it was kind of like one of those things where we need to use their driveway to get the slinger that's bringing in the sand and the soil to fill the backyard or else we would have so done it, it was by a, hand. Yeah. So we couldn't timing. wait. We couldn't wait. Yeah. Uh, it is funny. You're just because like, like, so I'm in a semi, you've been here before, but just for the listener's benefit, um, the uh, semi detached, meaning that like there's an essentially double of, of my house next door. And so when I look out Gwen's uh, bedroom window, I can look down into both backyards and it's a tale of two backyards. Whereas one is completely an open stretch of grass, like the neighbors and ours, the guy who lived here before was like an adult adult. Like he, he has like a a cement fire pit with all these little rocks in with natural gas. He's paved and not paved, but then patio stones, like, like very nice job over like half the yard. He's built a, a a shed. He built a shed that is like a permanent shed. Very nice shed. People are like, wow, that's a great shed. But it takes it takes room in which the kids would be able to play. And, and like we we have my wife and I have had these conversations where we're like, should we invest money in destroying some of the things the previous guy did, even though they're good quality, they're great. People would come in and they would add value to the house. Nobody would say that the neighbor's empty yard next door is a better yard than ours. But it, for this point in our lives, it's definitely more practical, you know, like have a big open space where the kids could run around, you know? So yeah. But, uh, I, and I've seen your backyard and I think it's, um, and, and and we did we played uh we played what was it it was a obstacle course right and i and i mean it works um and and again i think uh i see where you're coming from and it's the same idea it's like do we spend money and time to destroy what's been set up here and i think in in these times it's certainly tempting to create more open space in your in your area but yeah, it that's a tough one. I think I think uh, there were just so many more pros than cons uh, for my scenario. For yours, like I can see, um, it would be a lot of work, and it would it would be removing value. I think from from the house because you've got quite a quite a setup back there. Um, but is it kid friendly? You know, not necessarily in the sense that kids love space and they love to kick shit around right so we might rip out there's these little trees that he put in too and we may we may take out like one of those like we're not going to destroy the stuff but it is it is that thing where i'm making fun of ryan partially out of (laughs) out of uh it congeniality and as a bit but at the same point like um i can respect where the the idea of like you you get a house you inherit these things on paper they seem cool but they just don't work for you or where you are in your life yeah. right no, you know I, right at that moment so. and i totally get it i totally understand it uh anytime i talk about taking the pool out often i didn't even tell people we had a pool because again like that opens up whole other implications and and uh and we did experience those those implications uh, on multiple occasions where you have people like, we're going to come by for a swim. And it's like, well, we're not really home. It's like, that's fine. And I'm like, uh, okay, <laughs> you know. And uh, yeah, so and and those people wouldn't skim or pay for chlorine or maintain at all. So uh, it's I'm kind of cool with it. And you're right, more space for the kids. They're going to have, not only are they going to have a play structure, but they're going to have green space and a pool and um in my mind uh that's that's a win it's been a lot of work and sometimes it's like i don't know if it's worth it but 
the kids have really, you know, I think they've really enjoyed the process and they're excited, you know, um, when the, when the play structure arrived in boxes, they were excited. We took it up, we took it out and we kind of looked at all the pieces to see what was there and what was broken. And then the kids are also excited every time the company ships replacement parts for all the broken pieces. So that's been a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we'll get around to building it if they send us the right pieces. Uh, we're still waiting well, on it- another package. Well, as Samuel L. Jackson says in the movie Deep Blue Sea, so we're not going to fight anymore. We're going to pull together and we're going to find a way to get out of here. But first, we're going to seal off this pool. And then he gets bit into by a giant shark. And uh, that's an actual quote. And you can tell Ashley about it and explain who Samuel L. Jackson is again. He's an that's actor. That's a callback. Yeah, that's a good one, too. That, that is in a lot of movies, pretty much every movie. Um, but, uh, but, but, um, yeah, uh, I, I will say that, um, that, uh, I appreciate in infrastructure investment. We've built, we built a, uh, we've gotten like, uh, the little tykes company that makes like slides and all sorts of shit. We, we pretty much bought stock in that company. Our entire backyard is little tykes, uh, paraphernalia right now we just got a slide we have a playhouse and all of that so i i totally relate to where you're coming from with all this stuff and you're making the right fatherly choices yeah well we'll see <laughs> we'll see i could be paying for it on the back end a decade from now when my kids are like this dookie pool sucks also uh buy us a video game i don't know i hope my kids are you gonna are you like gonna that. Are you going to tell your kids to shut up again, Ryan, twice in one episode? No, no. And and it's totally fine to tell your kids to shut up when they're teenagers, right? Like, I feel like that's, uh, that's, that's fine. Totally, no, that's it's, totally fine. It's not fine at all. Uh, well, it's, it's hypothetical kids. I'm sure my kids are going to be fantastic. I won't even need to tell them to be quiet. Ryan, before I do the business, do you ha- is there any listener feedback of whatever to share this week? Or No, it's all quiet on the listener feedback front, although we do welcome people to send us an email about, oh, I don't know, pools being filled in or uh, you know how quiet your kids are and whether you feel you'll be yelling at them when they're a teenager. To be or quiet. how you used to Animal Crossing to teach your kid algebra or how uh divinity original sin 2 brought you and your friends so closer together before your backstabbing tore them apart all of these things would be great listener feedback emails and or tweets uh you can visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad all our old episodes are on there um word of mouth you know, we appreciate it. If you love the show, tell your friends. Uh, we're on all sorts of podcatchers, and you can uh, subscribe to us. Subscribe to us, be it on iTunes, Google Play. Give us all of the stars that they have. Um, you can email the show, dad at tgistudios.com. Uh, if you have any topics, questions, concerns, feedback, you can follow us both on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Crofton Steers, and Ryan is at our Murphy. So without further ado, that's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great week, everybody. Say goodbye, Ryan. Bye, everyone. Be good on your Zoom calls. Bye. Can you hear me? (laughs) I don't know why I asked if you could hear me at the hour mark, but I'm assuming you could hear me. Thank you.